Hello and welcome to the Distump Podcast. This is the show where we watch movies, play games, or listen to music in an effort to decide, are we going to keep the disc or are we going to dump it? Today, I am joined by my dear friend and yours, Brandon Delp. How's it going, Brandon? Hey, man. It's great. How's it going with you? Oh, you know, living the dream, as they say, as as all the soulless people say. I'm just oh, living the dream. of course. You know, <laughs> living life in misery. Yes, but I mean, I'm having a pretty good week. This is the third of five podcasts I'm recording this week, so it's been crazy. It's great. Wow. Uh, yeah. Oh, man, it's so much fun. Anyway, um, so today we are going to be talking about the television show Futurama. But first, a brief history. Good news, everyone. Futurama is the 1999 futuristic sci-fi cartoon sitcom created by Matt Groening, who also made The Simpsons. The plot follows Philip J. Fry, who is a pizza delivery boy who falls into a cryogenic freezing machine and wakes up in the year 3000. He meets um, Taranga Leela and Bender... Leela is a one-eyed alien who looks pretty much human, and Bender is a robot that is powered by alcohol and loves hookers and cigars. Uh, there are a whole cast of other characters that are important in this show, and they're all they're all played by major players in the voice acting community. Fry is played by Billy West, Leela is played by Katie Seagal, and Bender is played by the great and powerful John DiMaggio. The show was canceled and renewed many times, but overall it ran from 1999 to 2013. They did a, a special podcast in 2017 where, where the original cast got together and they did one last audio-only episode. This show is in syndication. You can catch it pretty much anytime, anywhere, on any channel. It's an excellent show. It's very lighthearted, but it is not wholesome. So if you haven't seen Futurama, I don't know where you've been. It's an excellent show. Let's get into the program. Um, so I only own the first season of this show, so that's all that I really watched in preparation for this, but I am prepared to talk a little bit about Futurama as a whole. So tell me, what was your life like when you first got into Futurama? I would like to say that I was first introduced to Futurama through Adult Swim, you know, um, being a rebellious young teenager and staying up way past the late hours of 9pm yeah. on a school night. <laughs> That's exactly where I started watching it, too. I was not part of the Fox gang. No, I actually did not really care for Fox. Um, Simpsons, I was not a big fan of. So the fact that I took to Futurama so intensely is, like, amazing. Yeah. I mean, so uh, I take it you like the show, then. Oh, I love Futurama. <laughs> it's very cleverly written. Like, I've watched a lot of Futurama, but... Most of my memories of the show are all in season one because I owned it and I just watched it over and over and over. So I pretty much memorized the first season and then just from there forward is kind of foggy. But um, have you seen the whole thing? Yes, um, I actually own the entire box set and I uh, the entire series is on Hulu. Wow, that's pretty crazy that you own the box set. Yeah, it was like. 
50 bucks at Best Buy one day, and I'm just like, all right, well, why shit. not? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, So I'm coming across, like, conflicting information. On Hulu, it says there are 10 seasons, but on Wikipedia, they disagree. Are there 10 seasons in your box set? Oh, goodness. Um, I I would have to check. Okay, well, I'm not going to make you do that right now. <laughs> oh, it's right here. Hold on. <laughs> but continue. Um, yeah, so apparently the show got canceled at least twice, maybe three times, which is really wild because it just kept coming back for more and they made movies. And apparently they even made an official episode that's a podcast. Oh, I did not know that. Yes, it's on uh, the nerdist podcast in 2017 they did an all audio episode well okay i actually need to hear that me too or that's see that. gonna be the first thing i listen to tomorrow at work <laughs> so, um in my box set it actually stops at volume eight and then it goes into futurama into the wild green yonder futurama benders game futurama the beast and the billion oh, the beast with a billion backs and futurama benders big score so those are all the movies. Yes. How are the movies? Are they like dependent on the point in which you're watching it in the show? Or are they just like their own entity? To be honest, I haven't watched the movies in a long time. So um, I imagine that they would be like any other movie and just you can pick them up whenever. Yeah. I mean, I really liked the show for a large portion of my life. So I'm surprised I haven't seen them. But there was a while where it was just always on TV, like all the time. It like, was always on uh, either Adult Swim at night or there was the entirety of um, Comedy Central. It would have it on from like 2 p.m. until 8. Yeah, like it was just nonstop Futurama for a while. I guess that's kind of just how Comedy Central does it. That's what it's like with The Office right now. Yes. So like, but at the same time, it was just always an option. So I've seen a surprising amount of it because they also did that with like Family Guy at one point and shit like that. But I, I like. I learned to like Futurama because they would play two episodes of Family Guy, which was the hot new shit at the time. And then they would play an episode of Futurama and then they'd play two more episodes of Family Guy. <laughs> so, so if you liked Family Guy, you kind of just went along for the ride of Futurama. Do you remember that? I yes, I do. Um... Another reason I took to Futurama so much is when I worked housekeeping at the hospital, I hated my life, but I would walk into a room miserable and see that Futurama is on Comedy Central and just watch it while cleaning a room. That's the shit. That's it right there. That's good and stuff. I, I think that's why it holds such a special spot in my heart, because it helped get me through like such a miserable time. Yeah, being a housekeeper was not Fun, no i still work for the company so i'm not going to say anything bad about it but <laughs> that's why i'm not saying any names yeah. <laughs> hypothetically it's terrible but <laughs> i'm not a housekeeper anymore so i like my job a little better but any whosens <laughs> so um yeah this this show i remember when i first caught wind of it it hadn't come out yet it was christmas and the TV guide, you remember how they used to give out, like, they would sell little books with, like, really decorative pictures on the front of them, and it would just tell you what's on TV for the next, like, week? 
Oh, see, you're fancy. I just went to the TV Guide channel where you had to, like, scroll for three minutes just to see, like, what's on Cartoon Network right now. Yeah, that was definitely a thing, too. But, like, there was uh, there was a pretty decent chunk of time where they were, like, releasing, like, collectible uh, TV Guide book things. And I got the one, my dad got it for me. It had Bender on the front cover of it. And he said, this is going to be a big show and it's coming out soon. And this will be a collector's item. Don't ever lose this. Wow. And I lost it. I have no idea where it is. Of course. That was where I first heard about it. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'd let my kid watch it if I was a parent. I guess it depends (laughs) on how old they'd be. I mean, I guess up until like seasons one through five. It could be questionable, but once you hit like season six, that's when they, um, that's when Comedy Central took it over, and the jokes became a bit more mature. Yeah, I've noticed that. Like the first season, at least, it's it's really, really light. Like the whole show is super light, which is what makes it such a fun watch. Is because like you can just turn it on and go about your day, and you catch yes. it and you like it. But the uh, it's not wholesome. No. <laughs> so I think that's what I like about it is that it's light and easy, but it's also not like childish because no. one of the main characters is an alcoholic. An alcoholic suicidal robot? <laughs> yeah, smoking cigars. From the first season, the jokes are um I want to be normal because I only have one eye and I want to adopt this little girl that isn't normal because she's not normal to Amy talking about orgies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I seem to remember an episode that was uh, Zap ran again every time he's on the screen is like so horny. <laughs> <laughs> I just I'm so tired of Zap Brannigan. I I enjoy his character, but I hate his character. Exactly. I feel like if I was gonna be like cast as a character in the show, though, I'd want to be Zap Brannigan. He seems like so much fun. I'd probably want to be uh Professor Farnsworth. Oh, for sure. So who's your <laughs> who's your favorite character in the show? Zoidberg, of course. Really? Yeah, that was <laughs> it was a toss up between him and the professor for me, too. Within the first season, uh, they asked about certain diseases or whatever that runs in the family. And he Professor Farnsworth says something about madness running in the family. He's like, who would ever call me mad? And he's like discussing trying to make his own genetic monsters yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah this i love this show so like the very first episode i guess we can kind of break it down episode by episode for the first season um it one of the whole the very first thing i said when i got my new microphone was um welcome to the world of tomorrow and i got this a couple months ago now so it's like I I had said that because that's just stuck with me since 1999. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like watch the show in order when you started watching it? Or was it just like you picked it up at a random point and just took the ride? I definitely picked it up at a random point. It wasn't until I got, uh, I think it was on Netflix for a while when I started it from the beginning to the end. Yeah. Ooh, man, that's going to be chat like. In preparation for this, I watched all of this in as big of a chunk at a time as I could. And I'm not really into light programming. I like things dark and horrible. So watching this in a huge chunk did not do it for me. I lost interest pretty quick. Yeah. I I could watch this all day long. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a good show. Like, I like the show. I just can't binge it. It I lose interest. You and I have uh, different binging tastes. I could watch cartoons all day. Yeah. It would be better if I consumed more lighthearted things, I'm sure, because my brain is always just, like, bogged down all the time. And if I had something on just for noise or that I, like, enjoyed the characters, but I didn't have to sit and focus on, I should do that more often than this show should be the show. True. I mean, at the same time, I should explain... Um. I watched the entirety of Naruto, which with uh, the first one and then Shippuden, it's 750 episodes, roughly. Holy Moses. I watched the entirety of that in a month. You watched 720 minute programs in a month? Yes. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) However, I did skip over the flashbacks and there are a lot of flashbacks. I, I mean, I've never seen this program, but it sounds like... 700 of anything is an awful lot oh i mean well then you'll never never watch uh one piece that's what they say is that one piece is the one you want to watch but it's a bajillion hours long that's a mountain i'm not ready to climb just yet yeah (laughs) (laughs) my uh my friend jordan who is super into this show and that show actually you might remember him jordan from isaacs oh yes yeah, he's really into Futurama and he's really, really into anime. And he was saying, like, got to give one piece a chance, man. <laughs> no, so just. I I like silly, I like over the top stupid, and I think that's why I can binge shows like Futurama so easily. Yeah, it's it's absurd and silly and fun for sure. Oh, of course. Um, so, uh, episode two is called The Series Has Landed. That's the one where they go to the moon. That's a good, I really like that episode a lot. (laughs) So, uh, the moon episode is like an amusement park or whatever, but the, uh, the most clever part of it, I didn't even catch. My girlfriend caught it. It's when Bender's walking past a moon mascot and he jams the bottle into its eye. And it's like that silent film. Have you ever seen that? Yes. Yes. Yeah, that fucking was awesome. I was like, holy shit. He's like, yeah, I know. I'm the best. That is funny. I actually, I never caught that. Yeah, like, Matt Groening is his name, from what I understand, even though it's spelled groaning. From huh. they, I hear podcasts where they talk about him a lot, and they always say Matt Groening. I don't know. I don't get it. But I don't like it. Yeah, I don't. It makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he, uh. He's a super, super intelligent dude, like super intelligent because it's so pithy and like it's quick and it sets you up for a punchline. It gives you that punchline, but then it just smacks you every now and then with another punchline on top of that. That's way better. Well, Futurama has uh, one of the writers has a Ph.D. in applied mathematics. Um, There's an episode later that um, in this season, in the first season that I would like to go a little bit more in depth with that you actually see that like the first time they actually like really put math into the show okay yeah um well is that episode three by chance no it is episode six six okay we'll get to six then so i uh, love episode three what uh, episode three is my favorite episode period hands down my favorite episode that's the one where uh fry and bender decide to be roommates Oh my god, that episode makes me laugh so much. It reminds me, um, 
slightly of the King of the Hill episode where they go to Japan. Uh, that sounds like wild shit. I've never seen that one either. Oh my god, it's amazing. Um, anyway, the reason it reminds me of that is the Hills are in Japan and they're in this hotel room and they think it's super tiny. And at the end of their stay, they open up what looks like a closet and there's the entire rest of the hotel room. <laughs> Yeah, that was so fun, because that's like the ultimate punchline at the end of this episode is Bender opens up his wall and there's an actual apartment behind it. Yes. Oh, my God. So it's funny. like a little like broom closet and Fry's trying to sleep in it and he's standing up and he's miserable. I love it so much. Like, that's definitely the best part of it. But I for always forget that all my circuits is on for the whole time. So they're like half the episode is that and half the episode is them watching a robot soap opera. Right. Yes. <laughs> It's so funny. And then Bender's antenna is like interfering with the signal and he like mutilates himself so he can still be friends with Fry. <laughs> what? And uh, once he mutilates himself, once he takes his antenna off, he just he stops being Bender. Yeah, he's, it's like Lorraine Bobbitt, how she like cut her husband's dick off and he like <laughs> threw it out the window and shit. <laughs> so fucking crazy. <laughs> So yeah, episode three is my all-time favorite. Do you have an all-time favorite that might not be in season one? Um, oh goodness. The first thing that comes to mind is the episode with Beck, just because I, I'm a huge Beck fan. You are a huge Beck fan. I, I love Beck. I remember back when I was into illegally downloading, I downloaded every song Beck had ever done in like one ginormous file, and I feel like I gave it to you on a flash drive, but I could I be think wrong. so. Because yeah, I, I still was, have them. <laughs> yeah, you you were just like, I love Beck. I was like, you do? He's like, yes. I was like, I happen to have everything he's ever done in my hand right now. <laughs> I, I, I remember when I worked at Isaacs with you, and I had to stay because my mom wasn't ready to pick me up yet. And you handed me your iPod. I listened to Beck, which I think is what started us talking about Beck. I also listened to Ace of Bass, The Sign. And you were so fascinated that I knew that song. Yeah, because I thought you were, like, too young for it. <laughs> it's no. crazy. Like, it felt like there was such a huge age gap between us when you were, like, 16, and I was, like, I don't know, 21. And now it's not a huge age gap at all, but, like, when you're 21, you're like, 16-year-old mm, me. <laughs> but our friendship has persevered. Of course. You were, like, the only person other than Jordan that was nice to me at that job <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right it was real clicky yes yes <laughs> um so any who's yeah the back episode is a good one what what else happens in that episode i know they meet back bender uh gets stuck to the can opener and it paralyzes him and someone i think beck actually gives him those little robot arms for his neck and he turns himself into a washboard so he goes on tour with beck fry finds That's an right. old Volkswagen. That's bus and they just <laughs> follow each other then oh, so fun bender writes his own song and it turns out he's not paralyzed so he's just dancing on stage then he takes the big check that he was going to donate to charity they get in the volkswagen bus and they drive it off the gold the golden gate bridge because it no longer has that the road because all the cars float wait what the <laughs> oh because all the cars are like hover cars the golden yes. gate bridge never gets used i gotcha yeah, so, like, there's only, like, so much ground, and then, like, at one point, the Golden Gate Bridge no longer has a road. It's just, they're still driving on the bridge, but not on the road anymore. It's, it's hmm. 
So the bus falls through since there's no road, and then they end up in the water, and it's fun. Okay, right on. That's a good episode. <laughs> I remember that episode where he turns his stomach into the washboard and shit. Yes. There's an episode where Bender, like, becomes god to, like, this tiny, tiny civilization. Do you remember that one? Yes, I, I do, actually. That's when they go to Egypt or the Egypt planet, one of the two, right? Uh, I think so. Bender ends up floating out in space. And he gets, like, bacteria that sticks to him, and then that, like, evolves into a community. <gasps> You're he, right, like, never mind, that's a different story. Yeah, he, like, intervene, intervenes with their, like, fates and stuff, and he just plays God for half an hour. Fucking hilarious episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, episode four, I don't remember what it's called, but that's the one where Leela is Love's dating Labor's around. Love's Lost in Space. Yeah! Oh my god, she's like, and she sleeps with Zap Brannigan, and that will haunt her for the rest of the series. Oh my god, yes. But that's the <laughs> first time we get introduced to Nibbler. Yeah, Nibbler! And he his dark matter feces. Matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the best. I forgot all about Nibbler until he like came crawling. I was like, oh my god. He um, ate an entire planet's worth of species. <laughs> he really did. Every now and then, I will talk with my friends, and we'll bring up just, you know, the, the random inside jokes. And I remember um, one of our inside jokes for the longest time was when uh, Nibbler was trying to tell Fry why he put him in the cryogenic freezer. Um, and he was discussing DNA or whatever. And Fry said, well, I did do the nasty in the pasty. So our inside joke was just going, mm, yes, this past, this nast past verification. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that one was deep, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you can actually edit that out if you want. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's staying in. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your listeners are in for the ride. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, episode five then is about what happened? Fear to- of a bot planet. Where the crew ends up going to a planet filled with robots that hate humans. Yeah, like, they want to murder humans so bad that every day they have a human hunt, even though for over 6,000 days they haven't found one. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hilarious. And then they deliver a package and the robots like humans again. Yep, thanks to all the lug nuts. (laughs) So, Fish Full of Dollars is the next one. This is the one you've been wanting to talk about. And I, I really, really enjoyed that episode, too. Why don't you take it away? Okay, so, um, one, uh, Fry gets a boatload of money because he had 93 cents in his account in 1999. Over a thousand years pass, and the amount of interest that he has was, I think, 2.25%. Yeah. And over a thousand years, that amounts to $4.5 billion. (laughs) So that is actually funny because that, if you do that math, that's correct. They didn't just throw random numbers out there. That is actual math. Huh. I said, like, you know, I was questioning it. I was like, did they really do it? Or did they just know I'm so lazy? I'm not going to do it. No, because I, I, I I was, um, I couldn't sleep and math. I mean, yeah, you were out there cleaning, cleaning hospitals and stuff. I imagine (laughs) you had some time for some long division. (laughs) You know, it's just, just a bunch of multiplications and then. To the yeah. 1,000th power and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this this episode goes on quite the fucking arc. Because he's like, 
because he's a billionaire, then he buys all these 20th century antiques and he ends up in a bidding war against mom for anchovies that they want for completely different reasons. He spends $50 million on anchovies. On one can of anchovies. Do you like anchovies, Brandon? No. I've never had them. It's too salty, and then, like, it's just those little bone pieces. I don't like them. Huh, bone pieces. I didn't think about that. Yeah, would... they said it. At least the only time I had anchovies on pizza, I had little bone pieces in mine. It's just not actually, like, bones, and you could actually chew them, but, like, it's just... Eh. Yeah, that sounds gross. I'm going to try it because the Ninja Turtles like it and because Fry likes it, but I don't think I'm going to eat them regularly. It grosses me out a little bit. Fry says it melts in your mouth. I, I disagree. <laughs> in fact, you end up with skeletons in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't like skeletons in their mouth? Uh, do you think it was really Pam Anderson who guest spotted in that, or was it like an impersonator? I think that was actually Pamela Anderson. A lot of times when they have celebrity guest voices, like it is actually the celebrity. Yeah, there's definitely a couple points where I'm like, oh, all right. Except Nixon. I don't think they got Nixon to voice Nixon. They definitely got Leonard Nimoy in the first episode, though. They They definitely did. did. That was fantastic. Almost forgot about that. I love the ending of that of that episode because Zoidberg loves anchovies and he just eats all the pizza. But at the same time, everyone's like, oh, gosh, anchovies are disgusting. And Fry's like, oh. It'll grow on you. Just gotta, you know, keep eating them. Yeah, and then Zoidberg just goes yomp, and and then they're extinct. They're gone. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> that was so fun. And Mom is like setting up all these traps and shit, like trying to get him to divulge his pin number to rob him. Ten seventy seven, the price of a cheese pizza and a large soda. In nineteen ninety nine, that must have been more money than it is now. That's for <laughs> fucking sure. They knock him out. And- pretend that he's back in the year 1999 again <laughs> he's like and he just rolls didn't... with it he's like you didn't have a mustache and the guy just rips his mustache rips his... <laughs> <laughs> and then they take they take the rest of his money what the 4.3 billion that's left over and then he never sees it again so yeah, they like just keep it mom actually just committed grand theft and just dipped yeah <laughs> But Fry never gives a shit. Every time something bad happens to him, if it doesn't involve Leela, he doesn't give a shit. No. Also, I, I like that never again did we touch upon the um oil-secreting third-world country kids that Wait. Mom wanted the anchovies for. Oh, yeah. Mom Jesus. wanted to harvest the DNA of the anchovies to put them in third-world country kids so she could turn them into third-world country kids that secrete robot oil. That's right. That oil comes up like a whole bunch of times though later, doesn't it? It's made with 10% extra love. <laughs> yeah, this mom is a cool character. She comes back for a few episodes, right? Yes, and then um, her and Farnsworth have a lot of flappy sex. Dude, I don't remember that. Thank <laughs> oh yeah, it's fun. They actually have to have sex to save the world. What? <laughs> fun fact. <laughs> and Farnsworth is the professor, right? Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> they were gross. involved in the past. Is that? Okay. All right. Uh, so episode seven is called My Three Sons. I think this is like the weakest episode mm-hmm. in the first season. Really? I like this episode. 
where he drinks the water emperor in the the sands of the desert or whatever yes it ends with him like crying right crying yep crying out the emperor because they're going to just end up killing him they're going to put him in the juicer that's right and they were like trying to bum him out and he's like nothing bummed me out and then leela beats the shit out of him yes (laughs) um however i will say this this episode kind of like gives me that heebie-jeebies almost because when bender's cooking and he makes that slug and he pours all the salt over it and then gives them salt like uh Water, so <laughs> salt with water in it. That's and right. then Fry has to walk through that desert. Oh gosh, that kills me so much. <laughs> I, I would drink the Emperor too. I totally forgot that Vendor was on a cooking spree. <laughs> right. <laughs> Bam. If, the chef's name Ozar, I think his not, name is. Uh, um, uh, Emerald. No, he's. Oh, the fake to... Emerald. Yeah, yeah. Ozar. Elzar. Yeah, that... Elzar. Elzar. That's right. Christ, <laughs> man, he has like a four arms or whatever. Oh, be a <laughs> chef with four arms. I spent my whole day in the kitchen yesterday because I was like, okay, I make breakfast. Now I clean up breakfast. Now I make lunch. Now I make dinner. Like the whole fucking day, I was in the kitchen, and I've—I don't think I've ever had a day like that. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, if I had more arms, this would have gone much better. Anyway, that was a boring story, but uh, <laughs> the listeners are in for the ride. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> episode eight episode eight i just watched eight and nine like i don't know two or three hours ago so professor farnsworth makes a death clock and reveals his uh nemesis wormstrom wormstrom he comes back a bunch of times too yes right? he does how do you feel about wormstrom i i hate and love wormstrom yeah. i love the fact that he was like the professor's assistant or like oh what is that word i'm looking for protege or whatever that one the underling and then he's just this like pompous smart ass i i hate it but love it so much yeah <laughs> he's uh he's a, a weird character and then this one was like an armageddon parody which was kind of funny yes because all of the trash from old new york was sent into space they made so many references to cassette tapes and floppy disks. They're like, look past this large pile of AOL floppy disks. <laughs> and I like remembered in that moment that we used to get mailers that had floppy disks in them and shit. Yes, I remember that too. Holy shit. Crazy. I remember watching this um, when I was first introduced to it and seeing the Bart Simpson doll on the yes. <laughs> giant uh, trash ball. And I was just so blown away. I'm like, Bart's not a Futurama. Shit was so funny that they <laughs> did that. He's like, eat my shorts and Bender eats his shorts. <laughs> <laughs> what that uh, Fry was going to sacrifice himself. Wasn't he? Uh... To blow up the, the ball and then he didn't have to. No, that one they uh they had the bomb and um the professor put the timer on upside down. So instead of being 25 minutes, it was 52 seconds. <laughs> so they had to throw it into space and it blew up and then they made the other trash ball to throw off the first trash ball. That's right. I just remember the smelloscope. I like the smelloscope that Professor Farnsworth found it, yes. is like a child <laughs> just goes up with like the napkin that's covered in like coffee and a cigarette, a cigar burn. And he's yeah. like it's a smelloscope, guys, and everyone's laughing at it. And then they actually use the smelloscope to <laughs> save the world. 
Yeah, it's super not coronavirus friendly that they stick it up their nostrils and give everything ah, a sniff. <laughs> they don't even wipe it off, no. <laughs> um, yeah, so speaking of like cassettes and stuff, apparently today the guy who invented the cassette recorder died. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, I didn't know that guy was still alive, but he was 92. That's interesting. Yes. Oh, in episode eight, we figured out that the professor is 149 years old. Yes. He's old as hell. I don't know if that, I don't know if that comes up again, but he's like, I've been inventing things since you were barely senile. (laughs) I I don't think they bring up the fact that he's 149, but they definitely bring up his age multiple times throughout the series. He's definitely old as fuck. Yes. But the one where he like is stretching his back and he just bends like a right angle backwards. And he's just walking <laughs> around like that. <laughs> he's my favorite character. He's so crazy. <laughs> Every time that like some someone in my vicinity, me or my girlfriend says good news. She and I both go good news, everyone <laughs> at the same time. Like this show has a way bigger effect on my day to day life than I want to give it credit for. <laughs> i just love the damn show so much it's a good one um episode nine was a real treat because like i said this show is not wholesome (laughs) i love that throughout the series bender is treated almost like a human but like he's still a robot like he drinks alcohol but they keep telling him like he doesn't have any taste receptors um things along these lines but he's always drinking he's always smoking And then he gets addicted to electricity. Right. (laughs) And earlier in the season, he gave up alcohol and he was acting like he was drunk and his face was getting rusty and shit. Yes. (laughs) But then when he finds religion, all of a sudden he's fine if he doesn't drink. (laughs) And everyone hated that he was religious. Yes. Much like if you have a friend who suddenly becomes religious, it is really fucking annoying. Yes. Yes. (laughs) But then they tempt him back into like hookers and booze and he goes to robot hell. (laughs) And then they have to get him out of robot hell. Yes, it's fantastic. Robot hell comes back a couple times, doesn't it? It really does. Um, I love the robot devil. Yes, he's fantastic. (laughs) Actually, I think the um, the end of Futurama for Fox is the episode where Fry trades hands with the devil so he could play the that one flute that that paints pictures for Leela. That's right. I remember that episode. Yeah, because this show has four episodes that were intended to end the series and then just shit happened and they were back and they like so many series finales in this series. Yes. <laughs> um actually it's funny that you say that because the first season was originally supposed to be 14 episodes and if you get the volume one box it actually reflects that but fox had it labeled the first season was only nine episodes because um they showed the last four the time that they wanted to show the last four sports ended up taking over the time slot so the last four episodes of season one are technically season two but not really or the, the first ones in season two are technically season one? Is that what you mean? Yes, so the first four episodes in season two are season one. I see. Okay, yeah. so 
now I feel Go like Fox. I didn't finish it, but I uh the the version I have is two discs and it is burned. So we like rented it from Blockbuster and <laughs> copied them, which is something that happened only happened back then, I tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the version of this show that I have, but we will talk more about the specific discs and uh, the show as a whole when we get back from our brief break. Back. This episode is presented by Away Travel. Quite simply, Away makes everything you need for a trip away. Away started with the perfect suitcase, then built from there, creating a range of travel standards developed by travel stories of friends and sometimes seatmates. The pieces aren't smart, they're thoughtful with features that solve real travel problems. To give the whole world access to better travel standards, Away took the direct-to-customer approach to lower prices, and the quality is guaranteed. Your Away suitcase will be with you for life. We are teaming up with Away and Podgo to give you the best deal on premium luggage by going to podgo.co slash away. That's podgo.co slash away. Away Travel, here to make your journey seamless. Legends of Superhero Story is a new actual play podcast using the Legends Superhero role-playing game system. This exciting new superhero tabletop RPG follows our Game Master Jack and our fledgling heroes played by Chad, Emily, Amanda, and Daniel as they work their way through their origin story and beyond. Let's hope they learn to work together as a team in time to save the world and truly become Legends. Legends of Superhero Story is available on all podcast platforms. For more information, follow us on social media at The Legends Cast or visit our website, www.matchplaygames.ca forward slash The Legends Cast. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. Just kidding. You guys thought I was the guy. I wasn't the guy from that first episode. <laughs> I had you fooled. <laughs> anyway, um, so I have a couple people to give shout outs to because a lot of people are really enthusiastic about this show. It has a diehard following. I guess that's why I got renewed so many times because it's a good show. But the fans are ravenous for their Futurama. So first I want to say... Thank you to Brandon Delp for joining me for this conversation. It would not have been the same without you. Thanks for doing this episode with me, buddy. I also have to say thank you to a couple people who joined the Disc Dump Podcast fans group on Facebook. Maybe I should just call it the Disc Dump Podcast group. Anywho, so the we have michael a harris i went to college with you buddy how you doing i hope you're doing well thank you for participating in the conversation on facebook as well as Brittany mercer thank you for also participating in the conversation hope your little baby's doing good baby uh and then one last person who's very important for me to point out that they love this show because they do and uh they like this show so much that they went and met billy west in person my dear dear friend jordan Delegue. hope you're doing all right buddy you just got married i can't believe it we're all growing up everybody ah! 
All right. Um, so if you want to get a hold of me, you can email me, disdumppod at gmail.com. That's D-I-S-C-D-U-M-P-P-O-D at gmail.com. Don't forget that little PP in there. It's important on Instagram, Twitter, any of them. Just type in the disdump. I'll be there. Trust me. It's worth checking out my social media. One last thing, uh, we're starting a new podcast. I'm going to just tell everybody all about it until I actually get it set up. So we should have the social media up in the next day or two, and that would be Toast of the Realms podcast, where uh, I play the dungeon master of a live play D&D podcast. If anybody is interested in fantasy things, tabletop games, um, just kind of curious about Dungeons and Dragons, or maybe you like radio dramas, the Toast of the Realms podcast is going to check all of those boxes for you. So please check out Toast of the Realms and listen to us nerdy people play a bunch of silly games and roll some dice. Alrighty, audience, until uh, next week, I hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. I love how, like, Sheets was like, this is what we think of your fucking craft beers, dicks. <laughs> right. Hot dog water. <laughs> they had a coffee stout IPA, whatever the hell it was. They had a blueberry muffin IPA, hot dog water, and then <laughs> donuts. Well, the blueberry one doesn't sound so bad. The donuts one is going to be a little rough. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you could definitely tell there's uh it was brewed with glaze. Ugh. Anyway, uh, welcome back, audience. I'm going to leave in. Well, you can tell it was brewed with glaze. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, audience. Um, So, yeah, I have like a burned copy of this. that's in a jewel case, like a plastic square case. So I'm not feeling particularly attached to it. There are no special features and it's all on Hulu. What do you think? Do you think I should keep this disc or I should dump it? You should definitely dump the disc, get the box set, and if you don't, get a subscription to Hulu. Yeah, I have a subscription to Hulu. This is how I've been watching it. I'm like, I'm not putting this stupid DVD in. <laughs> <laughs> so, The least you could do is give Matt Groening more of your money by right. the box set. <laughs> it's not a bad idea getting the box set, because I do like this show, and when I met my girlfriend, this was her favorite show. But then she oh, found Bob's Burgers, and she has been balls deep in that forever since then. <laughs> um the box set it'd be a great gift all right you see there's you're thinking i i don't know if i'll find it for 50 dollars, but i'll do what i can here (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah the show as a whole my next favorite episode the one i remember the most vividly is the willy wonka parody one do you remember that one that's actually uh the last episode in the first season oh really fry in the slurm factory episode 13 and the the big fat like queen animal is like slurm is her poop or whatever. Yes. And uh, he's she's like you'll use toothpaste. And he's like, what behind does that come out of? And she goes, you don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> and then it never gets brought up again. But slurm is still like the drink. Yep, slurm. Like I saw slurm in the ninth episode. Is the first time slurm seemed to pop up. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hmm, there it is. It's coming. But I love that episode. I don't know what about it got me so much. I think it was like I was young and I was like, oh, my God, this is just like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> um, I love any episode that has Lur in it. 
Um, which one's Lyra? Um, uh, the ruler of Omicron, Percy I-8. Oh, yes. <laughs> it is I, Lyra! I love, oh my god. Dude, you're jogging so many memories right now. <laughs> um, there was an episode where they found a whole bunch of marijuana, but, like, when they would get close to it, it would light up. I don't remember what episode that was, but that's one that just popped in my head. That was a fun episode. Yeah, there's like there's so many episodes that you can just remember like a little piece of it because the plot evolves so much over the course of 20 minutes. It really does. Um, And a lot of times, like the rules of the series changes so much that like I think it's just there's no right or wrong spot to pick up in Futurama, and I love that so much about it. Yeah, the only time that there's ever, like, there's only a couple of two-part episodes, right? Right. So, like, I remember one, Amy and Fry start dating and doing it, and I think that's only, like, two or three episodes, but they were reliant on each other, and I remember being like, huh, are they gonna do this now? And it didn't last very long. I think the last episode uh, in, in the series is the one where, um, Fry and Leela get stuck in that time loop. I think that was a two-parter. I think I did see that one because they like grow old together and they're in love and that's like the end of the series. Yeah. Yeah, I do see that one once if I've seen it at all and it was not because I was looking forward to the last episode. It was just like a surprise. I feel like we need to uh, bring it up. The episode with Seymour, the Fry's dog. Oh my god, that episode. That episode just breaks my heart every time it's on. I actually sometimes just have to skip it because I just, I'm not ready. What all happens in that episode? He just remembers his sweet dog and how his dog is gone. What ends up happening is, um, I think they're digging through fossils or they're looking at something and they find Fry's fossilized dog, Seymour. And Fry is just spending time with the fossil and Bender gets jealous and throws it in a magma pit. And then Bender jumps in after it because he realizes like it broke Fry's heart. So he jumps in after it to save it. And then Fry's like, I have to let him go. And then the episode ends with Seymour, like it's like the flashback back to 2000 and Seymour waiting outside of Venucci's pizza for Fry. I remember that. Yes, it's so sad. And the song that plays just breaks your heart. Goodness. Man. They always kill off dogs and things, man. It's they so really heartbreaking. Do. I just went to the movie theater the other day for the first time in a hot minute. Ooh. And uh, I don't want to say what movie I saw, but there's a dog in the movie and the dog died. And it made me so fucking mad. I hate when I'm watching like a good movie, whether it's an action movie or a horror movie. And like they just have to kill the dog. Like you don't have to kill the dog. Except in John Wick, they had to kill the dog. Yeah, that was an essential plot element. But, like, I remember when I was a kid, there's this terrible sci-fi movie called Komodo. It's about <laughs> Komodo dragons. And they had, like, this yappy Jack Russell Terrier running around for, like, the beginning of the movie. And they had, like, a scene where they were running away from the Komodo dragons. And everything got real quiet. And the dog jumped through the dog door. And they're like, oh, it's the dog. And then the Komodo dragon's head came through and just snatched the dog. And like, that shit scarred me so hard when I was a kid. (laughs) You never kill the dog. Yeah. And then I learned that they always kill the dog. (laughs) I think I went to my dad and I was like, they killed the dog. He's like, yeah, that's what happened in the movie. (laughs) Um, 
One of my other favorite episodes is when Fry and Zoidberg, or when they actually go to Zoidberg's home planet. Oh, yeah, that's right. And it's like the parody of the Star Trek episode. And they're like fighting in the pit and shit. Yes, because uh, Zoidberg is filled with mating jelly and goes through testosterone rage and has to find a mate and die. Like they're competing over like a princess or whatever. And Fry's like, I don't really want to do this. <laughs> I like that she like comes on to him and he's like, no, 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 no. And then Zoidberg <laughs> is just like, Fry. And he's just like, I said no. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so um since you know that you have the show on hulu and stuff do you think you're gonna dump your discs of it anytime soon um probably not i actually have like a weird habit of buying box sets of like shows that i really like it's not a weird habit that's why they exist man true i mean i have the entirety of dragon ball z the office parks and rec um avatar and Korra. um and I'm working on getting uh, like the box sets of like a whole bunch of anime series. See, you're real into that shit. That's okay. Here's someone I can talk to about anime. Like there was a while there where everybody recommended me watching anime. So I was like, fuck it. Fine. Everyone in the disc dump says I should, I should. So Lindsay and I started watching avatar and avatar was pretty good. And we were like, all right, this is cool. And now we're watching the Miyazaki movies on HBO. Oh, okay. And like two of them were really good, but I, we've watched like seven of them at this point. And I'm like, man, I am just not super into anime. What do you think someone who is like me and makes minor commitments to TV in general? What do you think anime I should watch? Uh, my favorite anime is Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. So I would tell you to watch that. Um, it's crazy. There's so much to keep you hooked but there's also so much that you're just kind of like what the hell um the what the hell factor is significantly higher in japanese anime than any other medium i consume yes <laughs> so that's part of what i have a problem with it that and everything has like 13 names associated with it you know what i mean like spirited away that one's a good one but like jojo's bizarre adventure part three the son of the whatever whatever you know what i mean <laughs> like it's so much shit like there's when i played kingdom hearts it was like three hundred and sixty-seven thousand days over two like what the fuck <laughs> why why are these names what this thing is called well i, I mean <laughs> there are a lot of names for certain things jojo's is just broken down into parts like each part is a different jojo's pro tag <laughs> Um, so I know that you said that you like darker things. I feel like an easy anime for you to get into would be Death Note. I watched the live action movie and everyone was don't. like, don't. Yeah, never, never again. Don't bring that up to me ever again. <laughs> it's not a good movie. <laughs> uh, Death Note is a really good one. It, it follows the story of a boy who finds a book that can kill anybody that he writes their name in the book of. Hmm. And, um... It turns out like it's it's him trying to find ways to avoid the police and keep doing what he's doing. And it turns into like this really awesome. I, I would recommend it. Right on. Yeah, I, I, that might be the one I check out. A lot of people have said that to me. Death Note and My Hero Academia apparently is quite good. But my, my hero is very good. I uh, I really enjoyed Princess Mononoke. I thought that one was good. OK, that was 
weird as fuck. It's very long. It, it was very long. And uh, now I'm in the middle of watching like a Dungeons and Dragons one. Okay. Uh, um, what was it called? Not Dragonland, something like that. Another Miyazaki film that I would recommend, but only when you're in a sound mental state because it is very heartbreaking, is A Grave of Fireflies. I hear that one's rough. It's good, um, very impactful, but it is very sad. Right on. Okay. And you know, I have enough of that some days too, so I will have to keep in mind the, like the kind of day that you'd watch the movie Logan. Like, you know, yes. you're in for a ride. It's a good movie, but you're not going to be happy at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, another anime I could recommend is uh, on Netflix. It's called Devilman Crybaby. You like dark? That is very dark. See, you just said Devilman Crybaby and didn't expect me to be like, huh? <laughs> yep. Nope. Anime's names are so silly. I'll just let the the show explain itself for you. Awesome. Well, uh, so we've decided that I'm going to dump my version of Futurama, my bad discs of it, and you are not. Thank you for doing this episode with me, Brandon. Of course, yeah. It was, it's always a wonderful time doing this with you. Yeah, thanks, buddy. You'll be on another episode soon, I'm sure. Also, that works. Um, if we can meet in person that time, I'll bring the uh, the donut beer over. I'm so excited for the donut beer. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, yeah, sounds good. Um, is there anything you want to plug for the audience? Uh, as far as I know of, I, I there's nothing on the top of my head right now. So, you still doing the drop that gorgeous thing? I haven't in a minute. Okay, gotcha. I had to shave my face for a job interview that I didn't get. Damn. Can't really be dadly without facial hair. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Damn. All right. Well, um. Yeah, if you think of anything, you let me know. I'll put it in the little uh, break zone. Sure, that works. <laughs> Alrighty, man. Well, thank you for doing this with me, audience. Yeah, of course. Until next week. Toodles. Bye.